you know, I just wonder how many uh, lives were ended before they even had a birthday that would have significantly impacted our culture for the better. Amen, Uh, sister. We'll never know. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the intersection of faith, family, and filmmaking. You're listening to Fearless with Mark and Amber. I'm your host, Amber Archer, and if you've been with us for a while, you know this show is a behind-the-scenes of our filmmaking ministry, Fearless Features, where we help create movies about the issues impacting our culture and society from a biblical perspective. Today, I have special guest Kathy Humbarger joining me to talk about what's happening in the pro-life movement here in Indiana and across the U.S., as all eyes are on what will happen with the Supreme Court decision this summer and the case that could overturn Roe v. Wade, the case that made abortion legal in all 50 states. Kathy is a longtime pro-life advocate and was leading cast member in our documentary film, Inwood Drive, about the demise of a local abortionist and the horrific find of over 2,000 fetal remains at his home in Illinois, an abandoned car. You can learn more about that by visiting fearlessfeatures.org. Well, thank you for joining us today and listening in to this important information about the pro-life movement and how you can help with a simple email or phone call. Today, we have special guest Kathy Humbarger coming to us with the organization Reprotection. Now, we met Kathy several, well, we've been longtime friends, but worked together on our first documentary film, Inwood Drive, about um, the abortionist Ulrich Klopfer and how his business and his practice was shut down with and by um, the efforts, the grassroots efforts that Kathy Humbarger led in Uh, Allen County, Indiana. Kathy, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Amber. And I think uh, even before Inwood Drive, we did that little vignette uh, way back in the day uh, that was so much fun to do. You were kind enough to capture my faith walk, and I really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. Yes, that's right. We did do that. (laughs) We've been friends for so many years. (laughs) Oh, The days are long, the years are short. Yes, yes. So you have information because so so help everybody. So you actually you retired from the the local pro life here in Allen County and started an and you're leading up another nonprofit, Reprotection. Can you tell people what Reprotection is and and what you're working on now? I'd be glad to. Um, many of your listeners may recall the situation that we had with the notorious abortionist Ulrich Klopper, and he was the subject of of the documentary Inwood Drive. Um, he was the abortionist that operated in, in, in Fort Wayne for decades. Um, as a matter of fact, when I was still with uh, Right to Life of Northeast Indiana, I could look out my window and see the front door of his abortion facility and see the women go in and, and uh, how devastating it was to watch them come out. But during that period of time, we were able to document many, many violations of Indiana Code, Indiana Administrative Code. We filed over 2,000 complaints, and ultimately, um, the three abortion facilities operated by Ulrich Klopfer closed in Indiana. And then he passed away a couple of years ago, and as the family was going through his possessions, they discovered the bodies of aborted babies stored Mm -hmm. in garage, Florida, roof and also in the trunk of his abandoned Mercedes. Uh, It was a terrible story, but um, 
we were able to play a role, and it was a team effort, of course, in not only closing his three abortion facilities, but also um, bringing the attention of the misdeeds to the uh, to the medical licensing board, and ultimately they suspended Laura Klopper's license to practice in Indiana, which brought to an end decades of horror. So from that, the word got out, and I was working with David B. Wright on another project. David was the founder of 40 Days for Life. Uh, you may be familiar with that program. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, and, and he said, how'd you do that? And I said, I don't know, you know, I just looked out my window and saw things going wrong and found out we could find information um, through public information requests. And we just did the hard work, filed complaints. And, and this was the result. And he said, you know, I really think that this is something that is missing in other states. The mm-hmm. enforcement of laws and regulations that are already on the books. So uh, we work hard. Amber, as you know, to elect pro-life legislators, both at the state and federal level. And then we work with them to pass pro-life legislation. And we should definitely do all of that. But for years, we thought the job is done, only to find out through this experience with abortionist Klopper that the laws and regulations were not being enforced. And then we learned about the complaint process, uh, which is a uh, a much less uh, lower bar to file a complaint than it is to bring criminal action. So we began expanding into other states. The word got out and um, we have uh, that was the birth of reprotection. We incorporated in January of 2020. And um, it's amazing. I don't know how we're in over 20 states now with investigations and uh we were able to close down or uh, be a, a significant uh, player in closing down an awful abortionist in Florida. We were able to come alongside people in New York, of all places, to prevent a Planned Parenthood from opening. And what we're finding is the states that may not uh, care a fig about abortion or have passed any kind of regulations, they're regulation crazy. So mm-hmm. the New York case, we were able to keep them from opening based on EPA violations. So um, we're beginning to uh, think outside. So tell, tell, tell people what EPA is. Oh, the Environmental Protection Act. And mm-hmm. I, I'm sorry. Thank you for um, for prompting me to do that. Mm-hmm. So in situations where um, abortionists are, I guess the, the most delicate way I can say it is, putting human tissue into the sewer system, that is an EPA violation. It doesn't matter that it's an, it matters to us, of course, but it doesn't matter to the EPA, the Environmental Protection Agency, that it's the body of an aborted baby. It's still human tissue. And that does not uh, comply with EPA regulations. Mm -hmm. Getting to see that there are other avenues, um, you know, things as simple as how many handicapped parking places do they have in their parking lot? And does that comply with the um, Americans with Disabilities Act? You know, all kinds of things that we're discovering that we can bring to bear to um, close down these awful places and hold accountable the abortion business owners and the abortionists 
to the rules and regulations that are already on the books. Sorry if that was Which, a long answer. No, no, but but that that leads us into what it was you were really really wanting to talk about today, and it's contingency language here in right. Indiana. Can you explain kind of what's behind the scenes of the pro life movement of what's going on, so people can get an idea and how they can help? So one of the things that we do um, with reprotection is um, come alongside legislators to help them improve their legislation or pass new legislation. Uh, real quick example, um, in Georgia, they have a law in the books that says abortion facilities must be inspected periodically. Well, I'm glad they have inspection laws, but what does periodically mean? So um, what we're attempting to do here in Indiana is get uh, help the legislators understand the importance of passing proactive legislation before the Supreme Court decision is handed down. This huge Supreme Court uh, case that came out of Mississippi was argued in December, and the decision is going to come down in uh, June, probably mid to late June. So um, it's so important before the decision comes down that if, and there's a high probability, that decision will just overturn the original Roe versus Wade decision and put the decision about abortion back in the hands of the state, then immediately if this language passes this legislative session, the day that the Supreme Court hands down that decision, the the legislators can uh, can uh, enact legislation that says on that day, abortions will be illegal in Indiana. So, I mean, we we see it, we feel it. I yeah, yeah. That, that Indiana could be an abortion-free state if this happens. Now, there are some that are uh, concerned about what the decision might actually say, because I don't need to tell you, Amber, that we've been disappointed by the Supreme Court before. Mm -hmm. uh, legal minds that have been at this for decades uh, have are, are so optimistic that this is going to happen. And there's every indication, uh, especially with the makeup of the court now, that that this could be the end of, of Roe. There are those um, in Indiana, um, some who identifies pro-life legislators and you know other pro-life organizations that want to wait until after the decision is handed down and then have the governor reconvene the, the uh, General Assembly in a special session and so that means first we would have to be able to be sure or the governor would have to, in fact, call a special session. And to many of us, that's in doubt if he would even do that. Um, and then the legislators would need to reconvene to get back to Indianapolis. Good likelihood the Democrats, none of them are going to show up. Um, and they're I mean, in the middle of the summer, there could be legislators on vacation or, you know, with COVID, who knows, you know. Um, and Kathy, how, how long have you been in 
the legislative part of the pro-life movement? Um, probably um, 2002 was the beginning of, of really working in the uh, the state house and with the legislators. Um, right. So you've you've seen this, you know, for two decades, you've okay. seen the the patterns and, and how things go. And, and, right. and so kind, kind of understanding the background of what happens at the state house yeah. <laughs> is your wheelhouse. <laughs> yeah, right. So um, under the scenario of reconvening, first we would have to or the governor would have to be committed or call the special session. And then the legislature would have to reconvene. And that's when the Democrats wouldn't show up. And they're probably Republicans in the middle of the summer that have made vacation plans. Or maybe some of them just don't want to be a part of this. So that puts in jeopardy the ability to even get a quorum so that they could do something. Um, but assuming they do, then they need to go through the process. So my point is this. Bottom line is this. If this legislation, this uh, we're referring to it as contingency legislation because it's contingent on the Supreme Court decision, if that's passed this legislative session and the Supreme Court hands down the decision that we are praying for and hoping for, returning that decision back to the states, and it's immediately, abortion is immediately illegal in Indiana. From that point until the other process would work through to conclusion, how many babies will die? And these right. are statistics. This is, you know, Joey and Mike and uh, Susie. And these are individual little babies that would die needlessly. Now, there are some that are concerned that if that's passed, that legislation is passed, and the Supreme Court doesn't give full uh, authority back to the states that that will cause a problem. It does not. Um, I worked with the one of the recognized uh, attorneys who's drafted this contingency legislation for multiple states. He drafted language specifically for Indiana. And in it, it says the only way this, uh, this uh, law becomes effective is if the decision is return the Supreme Court returns the authority back to the states. So I'm saying no harm, no foul. So if if I mean we'll be prepared if what we hope happens and is predicted to happen happens. But if it doesn't, then we can always go back to the special session. Um, mm -hmm. So you know I, it just infuriates me, Amber, to think about the babies that will die needlessly. And I tell you what, it has been, I don't want to say hand-to-hand -hand combat, but figuratively, to move this along. I've been working on this since the middle of December. Mm -hmm. And I talked to legislators at, the end, at a legislative forum on Saturday, the ones that are advocating for this. And I said, what are the chances? And they said 50-50. Mm -hmm. So we have until March 15th when the session ends. Um, there is a way to do this. There absolutely is a way to do this. But um, leadership, especially in the Senate and senators that um, don't want to get involved in this kind of messy, mm -hmm. uh, you know, take a, a public stand and, and outlaw abortion, they're attempting to keep it off the radar of those of us who care desperately for these little unborn boys and girls. 
So the only thing that's going to save this is if people contact their legislators and we have a simple script. Um, the only thing that, that the individual needs to do is say, this is, and give their name, and I'm a voter in your district, please pass legislation this session to end abortion in Indiana the day the Supreme Court overturns the Roe versus Wade decision, and don't wait to take action in the summer after the decision. That's it. And I'll, I'll and for everybody listening, I'm going to make sure to leave uh, what she just said in the show notes and um, Kathy, is there a, is there a link or a website, something that they can visit to see what's happening on your side of things? Yes. And I'll give you that link. So perhaps you can post that in the show notes too. Yes. It's, mm -hmm. it's in.gov. And then um, there's a place there where you can, uh, you know, click on legislative and then find your legislator. And then yeah. you just put in your address and, and you mm -hmm. know who it is. Um, so it's it's really simple. And I would just encourage people, don't be fearful that you're going to uh, be in a big confrontation with your rep representative or senator. They have people taking these calls. And what's important mm -hmm. is Ashmark. Just uh, whoever, you know, they, they keep track. Okay. We had 15 calls in support of contingency legislation. We need those kinds of numbers um, to make sure that the people who are uh, stonewalling this know that we know and mm -hmm. we're going to hold them accountable. And time uh, is of the essence at this point. Yes, the, the legislative session is over the 15th of March. Um, we've already passed the deadlines for the, uh, the the routine bill filing and all of that. But the legislators that I'm working with have a way to make this happen if the uh, people that and they're, you know, they say they're pro-life, but they're the ones standing in the way of this happening. Um, mm -hmm. So uh, that's that's pretty much the long and the short of it. I, I will send you a synopsis of um, the the overview of what we've talked about. And by the way, I just noticed here that there's a link right in that synopsis for Find Your Legislator. Great, great. I'll, I'll make sure to post that. And emails are another good way. Um, and just say the same. If you're sending an email, even if you're talking, if everybody uses the exact same words, um, it's okay, but it's not as effective as if you change it up just a little bit. So it doesn't look like you've just copied and pasted something um, into the email. So, you know, it's not hard to change it up a little bit. And if, if you just want to use the sample script, please feel free to do that. Because what's important are the, uh, the, the marks on the paper saying how many calls came in in support of contingency so they'll know we know i'm sick and tired right. of legislators even our friends sometimes who say you know they're pro-life they fill out the surveys they get the endorsements and oh of course they're pro-life they put it on their web page but when it comes down to this mm -hmm. up and putting your name to saving babies they're not willing to do that mm. Um, so we talk about being a voice for the unborn mm -hmm. is the time to be the voice. And the way to do that 
is to contact your legislator and let them know that you know so that they can't uh, ignore ignore this. Um, mm-hmm. I, this is an, an, a hands-on way that each one of us can have a part in saving the babies that would die needlessly if this doesn't happen. That is, oh, my friend, you've been doing this for so many, many, many years. <laughs> so if for our listeners outside of Indiana, is there a way that they can connect with you and reach out to you for um, help in their area? Absolutely. Um, just um, send an email to Kathy, C-A-T-H-I-E, at reprotection, R-E-P-R-O-T-E-C-T-I-O-N, dot org. Speaking of other states, Amber, um, I, I uh, uh, was given a map of the United States, and it's color-coded. And I'd be glad to send this to you if you want to put it up, but uh, I guess we can overwhelm people with information too but the map is a visual the states that have already taken action to make certain that abortion is protected in their state should the supreme court decision return the authority to the states are in one color and it's identified so there are several of those states then the states that have taken this um, action to um, be proactive Uh, And if the decision returns the authority to the states, they've already passed similar legislation in their state. Those are color coded. And um, then there are um, two or three states that are working on this legislation right now. Um, And I can identify those as well. But the remaining states are in white. And those are the states that have done nothing. Um, Indiana is a white state. Uh-huh. Matt. So, and, and the other thing too, Amber, I know you're a documentarian and I, I know that you understand better than most the pressure that outside interest groups put on mm. the um, legislators to back off or whatever, you know, and they use things, threats like, well, we're never going to come and, and have a basketball tournament in your state ever again, or um, uh, we were going to have our convention there, but we're not now. And mm-hmm. I've seen it repeated over and over again. When those kinds of threats are made, oftentimes, sadly, we back down. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if we don't take this action now, that's the kind of pressure that's going to come to bear in Indiana uh, if there's a special session convened. Because they're going to be, I mean, the abortion advocates are rabid and mean and bullying and intimidating. And I could probably go on and on. But these are the kinds of threats that are going to be made. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if, if we can if we can pass this now. Then the legislators don't have to uh, be put under that kind of pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, so and then. A lot of them are up for um, election in the primary, and several of them have opponents in the primary. What better way to explain to their constituents how pro-life they are than mm-hmm. to say they supported this legislation? Yeah. So phone calls, phone calls, please. And I know a lot of people who are not involved in the political process may feel intimidated 
thinking about calling their legislator. Well, first, they work for us. And uh, secondly, you probably won't even talk to the legislator. Right. And, um, and it'd be great if you did. Um, and and the most important thing is for them to know, you know, and uh, you expect them to act on the principles that they have claimed um, to save babies' lives. Oh, Kathy, thank you so much for coming on today and explaining all of this to you. And I, I think that's a, the the mission of our ministry, educate, motivate and inspire. And it, the more that we continue to have these conversations and for people to understand the process in which, you know, we can make a difference in our own communities. You know, you change a community, you change a state, you change a state, you change a nation, you change a nation, you can change the world. Right. <laughs> You know, I know it. the value of, of every human being doesn't depend on what they do. But with the Super Bowl just having happened, I think it was a Super Bowl player. At least it was a, a NFL player. Um, uh, his mother was going to have an abortion and decided that she wasn't going to have that abortion and gave him life. And we don't know who were whose lives are going to be impacted. They're all valuable. But, you know, I just wonder how many uh, lives were ended before they even had a birthday that would have significantly impacted our culture for the better. Amen, Uh, sister. We'll never know. All right, Kathy, thank you so much for coming on this special episode. I so appreciate you and all all the work that you've done for decades. Well, I appreciate the opportunity to share with your supporters uh, and I count myself one supporter <laughs> of Fearless Features. We love you guys. Um, and thanks again for allowing me to uh, share this very important information. Thank you so much. That's all the time we have for today. Be sure to visit reprotection.org to learn more about Kathy and all she's doing to save babies. And if you're a Hoosier, be sure to visit the link in the show notes to find your legislator to make that phone call or send an email that Kathy talked about. The sample script is also included in the show notes for your convenience. Have a wonderfully blessed day, friends. I will talk to you again next week and be sure to visit fearlessfeatures.org to learn more about our filmmaking ministry, Inwood Drive, or our new documentary film, The Mind Polluters. Have a wonderfully blessed day.